Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Radio family, good morning and welcome. It is nice to be back to talk about the good things that are happening in our community. So welcome. Another weekend edition of Community Focus definitely gets underway. And it's right here Saturday and Sunday mornings on our intercom stations. Really appreciate your listenership and always appreciate the wonderful company of members of our Community Focus family. Now, she's family. She just hadn't been here to visit and chat with me for a while. But I am so happy to have her back because the month of May is recognized as National Foster Care Month. And so, Miss Aisha McCoy, first of all, good morning. Good morning. Girl, look at you. You look fantastic. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> I think it's been, what, about a year? Yeah. At least since we've last talked. It's been about a year and a okay, half. <laughs> we're going to have to work on that and, and make your visits a lot more frequent. Right, right. I love being here. Oh, I love having you here. And in the meantime, you have been a very busy lady. Yes, ma'am. So the fact that you have been gone so long, I'm going to excuse it. (laughs) But see, that bubbly personality I remember from the last time we got together. And of course, within that year's time since we last talked, uh, Aisha, there has been a lot going on, especially as referencing uh, foster care. And so you are definitely back to tell us really more about what's been happening, because you probably represent the Children's Home Society. I do. So for those who don't know, what is it and what is its mission? Um, Children's Home Society is the state's largest private child welfare agency. Um, we Our main focus is on foster care and adoption. How can we get our children to permanent, safe, and loving families? Mm-hmm. But aside from foster care and adoption, we're we're all about building and strengthening families. Right. So we do things like family life education. We have um, a teen pregnancy prevention program that's focused on men called Wise Guys. Oh, nice. It's in a lot of the middle schools Excellent. and community centers. Um, and a number of programs that probably take me the whole show to talk about. <laughs> But <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't mind it at all. See, that that's already prefacing okay. getting you back on another program. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of families, if I remember correctly, you had a sibling who is way younger than you that a lot of times when people would see you and was it a little brother or sister? Little I sister. Remember, little sister. People would think you were the mom. They always. 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 I don't know why that just popped into my head, but I remember we had that conversation. Yeah. There. Well, how is your sister doing? Ooh, we First busy. of all, how old is she now? Busy, busy. She's yeah. now three. Okay. She's now three. I think when, when I last came, she was only about a year old. Year old, right. But you know how they say, like, oh, the terrible two is going to be bad. Threes are worse. Oh, really? <laughs> so they're not the terrific threes. Threes are, threes are worse. She's more more sassier. Okay, uh, so she's discovering a lot of things that she didn't quite know what was going on at one. Yes. Um, and, all, and all at one time. At one and time. you should see the floor when she, it's time to play. She's got all the toys all over oh, the floor. Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you, it's, it's a joy likely to be that age, to be carefree, knowing that, you know, mom and dad and big sis are 
taking care of you. So I yes. just love hearing about, you know, your your family, Aisha. And and thank you for the update. What's her name, by the way? I don't think I've Alana. Alana. That is so pretty. Yes. Aisha and Alana. Alana. I love it. Okay, <laughs> let me get back on track. Oh, we have all A's in my family. Oh, really? All A's. My mom, my mom's name is Akiva. Oh. My name's Aisha. I have another sister. Her name is Asante. And then Alana. Really pretty. All A's. Beautiful, beautiful names for beautiful ladies. Thank you. You're so welcome. Now, Aisha, how do children come into the care of CHS or Children's Home Society? Um, well, it all starts with an investigation from DSS. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, usually it's due to some sort of trauma. It could be abuse from the families, physical, mental, physical, um, mental, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Right. Um, it could be uh, it could be neglect from their family. It could be substance abuse, which is becoming an even bigger issue in our state. Right. When we talk about a reference or even hear about in the media the opioid the opioid crisis yes and that's what that's what we're hearing about and Mm -hmm. um surprising you'd be surprised to know that um Fayetteville and Morganton small cities in North Mm -hmm. Carolina but they have some of the highest cases of opioid crisis in the entire country and so um it's leaving a lot of our children um without safe and loving families and we need Mm -hmm. um the help of our community to kind of step in right so that we can help support them Excellent. Now, Aisha, just to get others uh, caught up with not only knowing what the Children's Home Society is and its mission, tell us once again what your primary role is. Um, I'm a family recruiter with Children's Home Society. So mm-hmm. my job is to get out in the community and meet with families, be there to answer questions, right. um, going out to different community events and just yeah. connecting with the community and Find the families. Excellent. And so that's what you've been doing since the last time we've had yes. the opportunity. <laughs> that's why you stay so busy, young yes, lady. Yes, ma'am. I love it. I love it. Now, what does being a foster parent entail? The particulars on that? Because I think sometimes an individual or if it is a couple mm-hmm. may have a little bit of a hesitation because they feel that they don't necessarily fit the quote-unquote criteria of what's necessary to be or to become a foster parent? Yeah. um, Well, I I would say that a lot of different family systems can work, first of all. Um, I know that a lot of times single parents are kind of like, okay, I don't have a a partner. I can't do it. But honestly, single married couples, non-married couples, Mm -hmm. um, LGBT couples, we've all seen, they have all seen successes in becoming a foster parent. Right. Um, as far as what becoming a foster parent entails, um, it entails supporting them not just physically but also emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, these children that come into care have experienced, have been through trauma, and a lot of which you know we probably couldn't even imagine. And so um, we lean on the foster parents not just to care for them and mm-hmm. to provide a space for them to stay in the home, right. but also be willing to open up their hearts and help to support kids in care emotionally as they're going through that um, that crisis with their family. Exactly. And so to really, Aisha, when when I think about it, at least transitioning into an environment that's going to allow that child to really see some happiness. Right. In their lives. Exactly. You know, growing up, whether it is a single parent and really shout out to all the single parents that are out there. Right. Moms and dads, even some grandparents that are that are raising their grandkids. Absolutely. As their own. There's just so many different people that whether they do it alone or they have like you said a partner or another individual husband or a wife that's there to to help in the nurturing of the child because that child is at s- such an age in which 
they're still learning. Right. Their brains and even their bodies, of course, are still growing, but they're still processing a lot of things. And I just think of situations, uh, Aisha, for, for me personally, that when a child does go through a traumatic event or circumstance or situation, how much that little individual is having to take on. Yeah. That that little boy or that little girl just has no direct or full comprehension as to what's going on and probably is asking, you know, why is this happening to me per se? Yeah. But thanks to individuals like yourself and your other staff members of the Children's Home Society, you help them to come to appreciate that once they are part of that family, hopefully that's a situation in which that becomes a permanent situation or a permanent home yeah. for that child. Yeah, and I mean we need we need all, we need those families who are willing to provide a permanent home for right, them. Right. But I would say that foster parents are really just champions for our children's permanency, yeah. um, whether that means that, you know, they become their adopted parent right, or right. in a lot of cases where, you know, they're able to be reunified with the biological parents, which right. is going to be our first priority. Yeah. So it's supporting them and helping them to get home to a family, whether that means with you or with their biological right. parents. And you know, and it makes me think because I, I have two dear friends that are parents. And what's so loving about Asia being a foster parent is... For these two, they already have sons. They have twin boys okay. who are, I believe, nine years of age. Now they have taken in two little girls. So it's not only an addition to the family, but imagine for a mother <laughs> who's had to you know, raise two boys. Now it's the flip side of raising <laughs> two girls. But just to see how those little girls are bonding, because it is, unfortunately... A situation in which the biological parents have things going on, and we'll we'll just leave it at that, okay. in which it's not allowing them to fully engage in the parenting role. Right. So how beautiful that we do have individuals such as these two that can step up to the plate and help so that the girls are still aware that they have their biological parents, but they also have an additional family. Exactly. And then how cool is that? You get two older brothers as, as <laughs> part of, a, part of the, the family package, yes. so to speak. So there's so many different uh, case scenarios when it comes to fostering, whether you want to foster just a single child. Mm -hmm. You may have individuals that want to foster more than one. And we need them. And we need them. Yeah. Um, we need families who are willing to adopt older children, but right. also sibling groups. I think a lot of yes. people, when they approach the idea of foster care mm -hmm. or adoption, they kind of mm -hmm. think of, what? how can I add on one child? Right, let alone taking on like a brother or an additional sister or two. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but many of the kids that are in care are as small as a pair, and we even have some sibling groups right. as large as eight siblings. Wow. So <laughs> we, if at all possible, we want to be able to keep these children, children together. together. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the key. We have gone into the first several minutes of the program. It we feels have. like it's gone by so fast. <laughs> but always a joy, my dear. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and just say welcome back, Asia. All right. It's good to have you back here. Good to be here. And so wonderful, Radio Family, to have your company as well. Please do come back yourself. More of the weekend edition of Community Focus, and we will be back right after this break. It's more the weekend edition of Community Focus. Let me welcome those of you just joining us. Thanking you very much for tuning in to our intercom station. Saturday and Sunday mornings, you can hear about good people, radio family in our community who are doing some wonderful things. That is the case as I continue in wonderful 
morning conversation with Asia McCoy with the Children's Home Society. And Asia, as we are back and we were talking about what entails being a foster parent, one thing I wanted to pick back up on with that, give a breakdown between what's known as foster care and therapeutic foster care. Therapeutic foster care. Um, So with foster care, um, I would say the main difference is that with therapeutic foster care, um, the children that come into care in that program tend Mm -hmm. to have um, severe mental health diagnosis. It's seen more as a behavioral health treatment. Right. So just like when you're fostering um, through family foster care, Mm -hmm. um, you'll be working as a team with their biological parents, with their social workers to help them to meet treatment goals, but Mm -hmm. also the doctors. Um, There's more training involved. There's Mm -hmm. an extra level of care needed. Right. And um, it's something that we definitely need, um, you know, besides family foster care parents, too. Excellent. So for individuals that are willing to take in a child who may have particular needs that need to be addressed. Excellent. Now, how does CHS support its families? Got you. Um, So we have a number of different trainings, and I'd say this is really what um, sets CHS apart. Throughout your licensing, there's all there's going to be required trainings, but we also have other trainings that we offer as mm-hmm. well to support families, not just who do foster care, but right. just in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, on-site clinical therapy for our children. Right. Um, so we have a clinical, a licensed clinical social worker there that um, can work with your family and the child. Right. Um, and we also um, have what we call um, a 24-7 mm-hmm. um, behavioral health hotline. So there's always, if you experience a behavior, stay at 2 or 3 a.m., there's always someone you can call to lean on to help you with any behavior. That is fantastic. Now, not to put you on the spot, Miss Asia. Yes. But in your time that you've been with the Children's Home Society, and I know you come in contact with a lot of families. I do. A lot of of beautiful children. Is there one particular family or one particular child uh, recently that has really stood out for you? Um, Maybe a life experience you can share. I would say, um, because of confidentiality, right, I can't really right. go into too exactly, much. Exactly, exactly. But um, I'd say one of the families that really sticks out for me, mm-hmm. um, is actually, they're actually one of our ambassadors and help us um, talk with other families in the community. Right. Um, but it's a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, they started off with um, some, some issues with infertility and, um, and sought out foster care to adoption. Right. Um, they ended up now, they now have a house full. They now have five children, Beautiful. <laughs> um, oh, three, diff- through three different adoptions and was wow. considering adopting the six. Really? So, yes. <laughs> I guess that's a beautiful thing, though, yeah. when you are in a position to where you can take on that many children. Yeah. That is wonderful. I'm very happy for that particular couple. Yeah. That and is it's great. It's great that they... I like the fact that they, you know, in a situation like where people aren't able to have children, sometimes right. it can seem like, okay, am I not going to be a parent? But mm-hmm. what I can say is that your children might just be living and breathing and walking on this earth right now. And that was the case with them. Right, right. Um, so they had maybe not children biologically, but they had five children. Exactly. That's an excellent point because uh, you have in situations such as that, Asia, particularly for women who do whether they do become pregnant or if in this case are unable to naturally give birth to a child it's still the love as a parent and a lot of times you know you have situations in which many 
won't have that opportunity, but here presents another opportunity to where, like you said, if they can't give birth to the child, they still have an opportunity to bring a child into yeah. the family. Yeah, that is that just because you can't reproduce biologically. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean that. You know, there's no chance that you can't be a parent. That exactly. You can't have a family. Beautifully said. Much better than, than what I would try <laughs> to, to reference. But to, to make the point that for anyone who is listening to us this morning here on the weekend edition of Community Focus and have heard of you before, uh, Aisha, within that time frame have seriously considered becoming a foster parent. I think this particular uh, program and our public affairs show hopefully is helping that individual yeah. get closer to really reaffirming that decision. That's something that he or she or they together want to do Yeah, in terms of, of being a parent. Well, speaking of the weekend edition of Community Focus, welcoming those of you just joining us. Thank you for your great company. We're just a few minutes into the second half of the program. I have the wonderful company of Asia McCoy joining me, Renee Vaughn, and Asia is with the Children's Home Society. Now, let me ask you this, Asia. What are some things that people may be surprised to know about becoming a foster parent. Any common myths out there that you care to dispel at this time? Uh, I hear I hear a lot of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot right. of them at community um at community events, but it's good to be able to kind of dispel and and maybe like provide some insight into right, that. Right, exactly. Um but a couple that come top to mind, um the fact that you have to be married. Um mm-hmm. no you do not. Um single moms and dads yeah. Yeah. are allowed to be foster parents. Right. Um as far as um, the home, do they have to own a home? Mm-hmm. You do not have to own a home. You can even live in an apartment yeah. and foster. And foster. Quite. Yes. Right. Um, and my favorite that I hear all the uh-huh. time is, well, I'm too old, baby. And, <laughs> and that goes for, you know, you know, those who may be 60, 65 mm-hmm. and over right. and think, oh, it's too late. I, you know, yeah. I can't do it. But actually, the only age requirement is that you be at least 21. Wow. There is no as long exactly. as as long as you're in good physical shape and, and right. mental shape. Right. Then you're good. Like, oh, absolutely. One of our oldest foster parents, our oldest is out in the mountains and he's 82 years old. Really? Yes, he is 82 years you old. You just read my mind because that was going to be my next question in terms of speaking of 82. 82. He does, he does uh, respite foster care wow. um, where he kind of helps the parents Beautiful. out like by taking care of them on yeah. the weekends and stuff. That is excellent. Now, Radio Family, whether you 82, 28 or anywhere in between that time or age spectrum, it is possible to be a foster. I think I love it. That's why I love having <laughs> family like you, Asia, to come onto the program to share stories like that because it really can be an encouragement to older ones, especially our seniors, because yeah. I love them dearly. I've been pretty much raised around older adults most of my life, being the only child in, in my immediate family. You know, I, I do have some 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 half siblings, but mainly being around two sets of grandparents and even living or I was about seven when my great grandfather died who lived to be I think in his late 70s or 80s but just to see individuals who are in the prime of their life and still have like you said the capability of taking care of a family I think is beautiful and if you can do it I say go for it whether you 82 or whatever yes, the situation yes. happens to be, because it's it's such a blessing 
to still be able to, even at that age, to have the want and the desire to take care of a young person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Well, my next question is this. What are the age ranges of waiting children in care? Let's talk about that. Um, We have kids that are, you know, zero infants. Yeah. All the way up until actually 21 years old. Wow. Okay. um, In foster care. Yeah. So, um, and I'd say the average age of a child that we get a referral for is Mm -hmm. about nine years old. Okay. And most of the children that we're referred to at CHS are at least six years old. Okay. And many of them come from sibling groups. Oh, that's good. Um, So that's something to consider um, with our agency Mm -hmm. is that um, we do mostly have older children. So um, we we ask that any family that kind of comes to us and applies be at least willing to support a child that's at least six. Exactly. That's a very good point. Now, you say the oldest are 21. Why is it that even as adults, children are still able to be in foster care? Uh, well, as as you probably know, um, you know, even after you're 18, mm-hmm. you know, that support that you need from families is still there. Right. Like, exactly. I mean, just kind of <laughs> jumping into adulthood in college, I was kind of lost. Like, as, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably call home every like once, twice a right. week. Like, OK, you too. <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things where you where you think you're independent, but <laughs> you find out real quick, don't you? <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't need your help when you call. So what, what do I do about this? Right, exactly, exactly. I think we all go through that stage where we want to be an adult. We want to be grown up. We want to say, yeah, I don't have to rely on mom and dad. But it's a beautiful thing that they are still around because they really are that beautiful safety net because they know they've been through it. They were there, been exactly. there, done that. So they know exactly. But it's really good to know, too really for for a 21 year old even though you are of age legally that you still can be a part of of the of, of the foster care system yeah in terms of of parenting now what are the qualifications that's the big thing that's another thing i'm sure that's on a lot of persons mind yeah to become a foster or adoptive parent okay let me see if i can go through all of them okay. for you okay <laughs> so of course like we said you have to be at least 21 right. there is no age cap on that so mm-hmm. as long as you're at least 21 um, you have to um, have access to reliable transportation. Um, you have to um, have space in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, every child that comes to your home is going to need to have their own bed, okay. own closet space, and drawer space. Okay. So you have to have the room for that. Right. Um, you have to have a clean criminal background check. So we're hoping not to find any instances of um, violence, especially involving children, um, child protective service investigations. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. I I probably spill them out so many times (laughs) a day. Uh, Okay, you have to do what's called the tips map class. Mm -hmm. And what tips map is, I'm not going to go into the long name for it, but the basis of what tips map is, is that it's a class that helps families to understand how they can help support kids in, that have been through trauma. Okay, great. Um, and that is required training by the state, mm-hmm. and you need to do at least 30 hours of that training. Okay. Um, you have to be willing to submit through um, a home assessment, mm-hmm. and that, does, that doesn't mean just us coming in and making sure everything in your home is in the right place and right. where it needs to be, mm-hmm. but also allowing us to come in and ask questions that normally might seem invasive for like a stranger, because... Um, we're going to be asking questions about your family background and things that, you know, you know, you may not be comfortable always talking about, but we're going to want to know that so we can provide the best home for a child. That Absolutely. Comes to your home. Because, of course, the, the child is, is front and center 
and his or her safety is the utmost importance yeah. <laughs> for for you and the Children's Home Society. Absolutely. Now, now, Asia, there likely are, or if there are any, what are some of the challenges that you find CHS sees, especially in placing children in homes? Um, really, the biggest challenge that we have mm-hmm. is just awareness of the need. Right. Um, right now, we have a, a close to 12,000 kids in the state wow. in the foster care system. system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that enough families are aware of just how much we need those families. Absolutely. And I think also when it comes to foster care, there are those, you know, myths and preconceived notions mm-hmm. about um, kids in foster care that, you know, they're bad, especially the older kids, you know, that there's nothing I can do to come in and intervene. Right. So but we see with so many cases that, that that's not true. Exactly. And it, it all goes back to what we were talking about earlier is providing that loving home and having that child really see firsthand, especially for the older ones that are, let's just say, placed in a family. I want to go back to the couple that have adopted the six children. Yeah. Now, these are, they're now siblings. So the brothers and sisters are together. But when you're including just a single child, it may be a, a case scenario or situation in which that child is coming into a home where they're already existing children. And so to really have them see firsthand the love that's really expressed between a parent and a child, that can be huge. Yeah. Because that child likely, part of that traumatic experience, likely Asia, is the fact that there wasn't a lot of love from the parent, from the mother or the father, or if it wasn't abusive situation and that child was removed for his or her safety from that environment to now have them see that and kids are smart that's one thing I will say about young people they catch on quickly and they imitate a lot of what they see whether it's good bad or otherwise right and so for a child to really be to, to be able to have that experience will be a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you you don't you never know what exactly it'll do for the trajectory exactly. of their life no matter. Right. Right. I think so so many people when it comes to fostering mm-hmm. kind of worry about the fact that you know what happens when that child gets removed from from the home. Right, right. And I mean that is something to consider and mm-hmm. the fact the fact is we want you to bond with those children that come exactly. into your home. Exactly. But you really have to change your perspective not for what that child can do for a family Mm -hmm. because I mean it's wonderful to bring a child in exactly but what that family can do for the child whether or not they're in your home for an overnight stay right through the emergency placement Mm -hmm. or whether they're there for a year and a half you can positively impact their lives no matter how long exactly you know and I'm so happy you mentioned that because this just brought to mind I saw a beautiful experience uh, not too long ago on social media where a young girl and she likely was in the teenage years. We'll put her somewhere between, say, 16 and 18 years yeah. of age. And so she was having just a typical get-together with family, and it was more like a party. I love the way she did this because she wrote a poem to the man who raised her as if she were his own daughter. Oh. And the thing was, as he was unwrapping the gift and he was reading it, And at first, he's looking kind of like, okay, where is this leading to? But then written within the poem was the fact that she legally wanted to be adopted. 
and wanted this man to know that even though you're not my father biologically, you're still my father otherwise because you're the only father that I have been around who raised me to be the young woman that I have become. It was such a beautiful moment. And to see this man literally break down in tears after he realized what that poem was all about. Beautiful. It is beautiful. And and you get to see that, Asia, on a regular basis when you have those moments that it becomes real and surreal <laughs> at the same time. Because for a young child that knows they're going to a family, whether it's just the parents or it's a situation in which it's the parents and some additional siblings. Can you just imagine a young person saying, I'm getting a new family? Right. Right. And the other side of it for parents are saying, I get to welcome in, you know, another child or the first child yeah. in their life. And that's why I was like getting back to, to, the, to the couple you were talking about, having that wonderful opportunity to now have six kids. <laughs> well, they have they have five. Five. They have five. They were they're working, working on the Okay. They're working. They were working and on and the hopefully that will, will be the situation in which they can have the sixth one. Yeah. Well, let me, as again, welcoming you, Radio Family, thank you so much for listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus here on our intercom stations. Aisha McCoy once again joins me, Renee Vaughn. Aisha, I want to ask you this. Besides becoming a foster parent, what are some ways that we as the community can certainly get involved and really help kids in foster care? Well, um, like I was telling you, one of the biggest challenges with getting kids to families is just the fact that our community isn't aware. So we need the help of community members to to help us to share information um, with our communities. Mm -hmm. Churches can be such an important voice in our community, and I'm not not sure if they even realize it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my ambassadors, who's a CHS um, family, CHS foster parent, um, he always tells me that if one church in North Carolina if if one family came from every church in North Carolina, mm-hmm. that we would solve the foster care crisis. Every child would have a family. Yeah. And, well, when we, and especially when we think about there are so many different places of worship that people go to. And of course, North Carolina has been referred to or referenced as the Bible Belt State. Yeah. And and so if churches are willing to allow me to come out and speak mm-hmm. with the, address the congregation even if it's just for a couple of minutes during right. Sunday service mm-hmm. Bible study set up mm-hmm. a table yeah. whatever way they can help that would be wonderful mm-hmm. um, civic organizations fraternities sororities right. Right. Um, anybody who will allow us to address a, a crowd and reach a new um, set of community members mm-hmm. that would be great that's oh, what absolutely. we need well one fi- I believe one final question I got all my questions no here. this can't yeah, be I over know, Renee I know. Well, listen I <laughs> I can stretch it out. No. But no, we, we can definitely, in the couple of minutes that we have remaining, of course, and I usually, Aisha, of course, allow you and any member of our community focused family to, if there's something that I didn't bring up in conversation, you can certainly elaborate on. But let me ask you, how can others learn about the Children's Home Society and becoming a foster or adoptive parent? Um, you can check out our website. Mm-hmm. It's uh, www.chsnc.org. Okay. Um, you can also give me a call. My name is Asia McCoy. I'm the family recruiter for Children's Home Society for the Triad. And you can reach me at 336-369-3862. 
Again, that number is 336-369-3862. If you give me a call, I'll be more than happy to talk with you, answer questions, even meet with you if need be. So that would be a wonderful opportunity, uh, Radio Family, for a little Q&A, a a little one-on-one with a very lovely and bubbly Asia McCoy. I love meeting with families in person and just getting to hear what their personal story is and talking with them. And Asia, I may or may not have mentioned this about you because I think I, if I recall correctly the very first time we met I was really really uh, taken aback and even impressed with your wonderful personality because you are or you were (laughs) a relatively young person taking on such a huge role but one that obviously for me and I'm pretty sure for people that you get to talk to and come into contact will instantly see that you have such a love and passion for what you do and I am I'm always impressed with young persons people my age even <laughs> individuals who are older that are coming out of retirement wanting to give back to the community so your personality I believe is so fitting for your position and what you do with the Children's Home Society now you've been with the agency how long now let's get an update here I've been with the agency, let's say the month is May, Mm -hmm. very close to two years. So a year and nine months. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm pretty sure for everyone there, they they are just so happy to have you. You are a gem (laughs) and I'm sure a wonderful addition to the Children's Home Society. And it's just wonderful that there are persons like yourself that really shine the light on this agency. But even more so, it, it really brings to the attention of us as community the importance and the need of providing a happy home for a child. Yes. Because as we talked about earlier, 12,000 kids who are looking to find a home, yeah. for many a forever home in some instances, now is that the largest number since you've been with CHS that you know of in terms of that many children needing? Yes, um, that's the largest I've seen it. Um, just to give you guys an idea, about two years ago, that mm-hmm. number set at about 9,400. Wow. Still a lot of kids. It's right. But the number is continuing to go up. up and mm-hmm. it's, it's not really going to go down until we realize that this is a, a, an issue that you know, our community really has to take action behind and support these right, kids because exactly. these are these are, you know, not just children from, you know, other states and other areas. These are children that right may here. just be right down the street that yeah. need your help and support. Exactly. So, again, with the contact information, our radio family, Asia would love to hear from you. I so would. please get in contact with her. You can visit the agency. You can give her a call. She shared that contact information. And Asia, we're going to work on not waiting an entire year <laughs> <laughs> to get you back on the program. So let's let's do this. Let's, let's stay in touch. Okay. So that if anything in particular outside of the Children's Home Society should come up, then we can discuss it gotcha. and get you right back on the program. So family, it's good to have you back. Thank you. You're so, I'm so glad to be here. Thank I you am, for having me you're again. Welcome. And you, thank thank you for answering my email. That first month, I was just I was just shooting out emails to see who would bite back. And I was like, oh, Renee. She- oh, thank you, my dear. I appreciate it. The minute I saw your name, I said, that's 
Asia. Yeah. And it's just wonderful that there are continuing to be some so many wonderful things that are happening with the Children's Home Society. So keep me in the loop. I will. And I look forward to having you back. So Asia, as I'm still saying, there are no goodbyes just until next time. Okay. So I will see you next time. And likewise for you, Radio Family, you're doing some great things in our community as well. Please do keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing. And I look forward to hearing from you again the same time, same station, each and every Saturday and Sunday morning here on our intercom station. Thanks for your great company. And we indeed bring to, to a close another weekend edition of Community Focus. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your weekend. Until that next time, take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.